0: I'm Ryan, the other guy's Jordan, and this is Two Angles on Angling.
1: another episode of two angles on angling this is jordan with my co-host it's ryan guys what's up we've been had a while a, yeah we've had a, a time off here things been crazy lately uh weather wise and as we usually start all the episodes we talk about the weather so ryan if you want to yeah do a yeah. recap of the weather for the last. Yeah, I mean bit the reason why we really haven't done a
0: podcast and I haven't put out a, any type of fishing reports is because, like, sure, there's been like a couple of days where one could have gotten out if one was so inclined, but very few. I mean, like shortly after our our last podcast, we had we didn't get like the bomb cyclone that we got for last year's Christmas or like the mm-hmm. Christmas of twenty three for mm-hmm. twenty two, but we did get, I think ultimately as much snow as that just spread out through a longer period of time, um, especially the South towns. But the bottom line is we got hammered with a lot of snow mm-hmm. and the difference between like the last big snow event and this one was it stayed super cold for a long time after it. Like there were days where the highest weren't leaving the teens, you know, for a decent stretch there, but we had, Huge wind storms, like 20 plus foot waves for multiple days for about a week and got ravaged, muddied up the system. Just when it started getting clear, the water got, or the weather stayed super cold. <clears throat> you know, so long story short, there just haven't been that many days. And now we had all that snow, and then here we sit, you know, it's close to 40 degrees. It's yeah. been raining. All the snow melted, yep. or not all of it, but Almost, much of it melted, yeah, much of it. and now created floods. You know, like, so everything's flooding and all the tributaries and everything else are dumping into the river. <clears throat> I haven't checked the river out today, but I can tell you, like, East River is is definitely going to be muddy. Mm-hmm. I bet you you could fish Devil's Hole, though, and everything upstream of the Power Authority, and you'll have clear yeah. water. Because when I was driving back or driving out to uh, Buffalo last night, like the Canadian side of the river, uh, you know, by the Peace Bridge was clear. There were dudes fishing it. So, but our side in the canal, like the Buffalo River, was just dumping straight mud and garbage. And like, so the canal right along the highway was all mud. Yeah. Like the Erie Canal over here is dumping a serious yeah. amount of mud. You know, so downstream of Art Park, I bet you it's probably not that fishable. But I bet you could fish. Or you could fish Double's Hole and you'll have like a um, probably maybe even close to perfect colored water up there. So, but bottom line, yeah, we're, uh, we're back into the forties and just looking into the the future here. Like, I mean, I, I, I didn't have many trips booked, so mm-hmm. I had to cancel too because of this. Um, and I'm not booked again for a bit until February. So, I, you know, I think, like, the the forecast is going to be more stable in the near term. Like, you know, the typical, like, January into February 30s and 40s type of stuff with some nights in the upper 20s. But, like, there's also a decent chance that we're going to get, like, sustained ice, too. Mm -hmm. Right? Because... Think Lake Erie is somewhere in the upper 20% covered right now. Like if you look at the river, like there's free yeah. floating ice yep. coming down. I was
1: gonna mention that as one my observations for the week.
0: Um but that free-floating ice is so sparse that like when it goes over the falls, it's pretty much destroyed. like mm-hmm. it, you there very little goes downstream. And what does go downstream will be inconsequential. Uh or it might if a lot of it goes down at the same time, it'll form like a small ice bridge underneath mm. uh like between the rainbow and the the uh, mm-hmm. whirlpool bridge. Mm-hmm. But bottom line, not much. I haven't fished at all since our last podcast. It just hasn't been a great opportunity to do it. Nor have I. Um, so, and there, I think things may shape up a little bit. But like I said, the water is super cold. When the water gets this cold, things are going to start freezing. Uh, ice will become problems in the morning, like not big icebergs, but just surface slush that'll grab your line and stuff and then the fish can be sluggish when you know the water's that cold um and part of the reason we got it that cold is think of all the snow melt off that happened Mm -hmm. you know you got all this for sure yeah basically freezing cold water dumping into dumping into the lake but i mean it's like the harbor had ice on it and you know some i think some guys went out and have done some ice fishing recently but Hmm. i'm uh with this lack of fishing, dude, I mean, what have you been doing to keep your head right? Yeah. We're in, we're in like, this behavior pattern is uh, rife with the possibility of getting shack nasties, you know, mm-hmm. so. No, what, no doubt What, what about have you been that. doing?
1: Uh, well, one uh, observation from the land, uh, which, you know, applies as well with keeping my, my mind busy, uh, you know, we're in the, the winter pattern with the birds. So, not as many, no. a lot less activity, and, you know, especially when it's, you know, been blizzarding and, you know, high winds and snow and all that, you know, you're just not get much activity. But, on these days where we have had the thaws or uh, the bright, bright sunny days, which we've had a few over the last few weeks, uh, seeing how the birds behave and how it just, it goes from being like, you know, almost dead qu- quiet and then all of a sudden, just a, yeah. a chorus like they know it's like okay, the sun's out like they're all you know, dude. Have you thought about where
0: they is... live? So when like I, I, I want when you brought this up, I wanted to ask you what you think about this, dude. Because I, I noticed the the like very similar behavior patterns. But one of the things that I was thinking about when it was like highs in the single digits, like because they canceled school. I mean, the, like mm-hmm. the snow was, you know, part of the reason why they canceled school because there were whiteouts, but it was, it was like highs were in the teens yeah. and there was mad snow falling. Yeah. So when I was, uh, when it was that cold, I started thinking or wondering where are the birds going? Cause I'm not seeing them like, dude, like what's your theory there? Like, where do you think they hang out? Because you don't see them anywhere. So where the hell so, are so, they?
1: So here's something that I also observed over the last, last few uh, weeks here. So, I was taking a walk at Gratwick, like, off on that, the more, like, off-trail side to the left, if if you're facing the facing the water, to the left of the park. Okay. Near, like, Lumberjacks, almost. Yep, yep. And the amount of little nests that I saw in these trees blew my mind. Uh, it, really? The, yes. I uh, it was like you could not take a step without seeing like one on each side almost it was or maybe i'm over exaggerating a bit but there was a lot of them and uh that was just something i'm like okay well what what's happening with them now are the are they going to get reused for in the in like the spring? When, yeah exactly yeah. uh but as for where do the birds go now I'm not entirely sure. I haven't put too much thought into it because, like, I, you know, there's no cover, really. So you got to figure you're going to see a physical nest, which, like, there's a few, you know, from the bigger birds uh, and the red tails and everything. Like, those are, you know, quite visible right now.
0: Dude, I I, I don't think they go to the trees, man. I think they go to ground. yeah. Cause, that makes cause, sense. Yeah, because dude, I look at trees and... all the. I was looking at trees trying to find birds, and like every once in a while, you might see a raptor on a low, low mm-hmm. lying limb. But uh, like, so during that that bomb cyclone, the, the Christmas of twenty two going into twenty three, like that big storm that we mm-hmm. got. Um, I, I remember like telling you about this, talking about this, that I would like every couple hours or so, I would just go out and start hiking down the street. And one of the most vivid memories I have of that during the peak of the storm is, like, so my buddy Nate lives, like, over in um, the Audubon area, like, off of, uh, was that 990? And it's, like, it's, it's heavily wooded, lots of cool parks and stuff, nice, nice little neighborhood, like, lots of con- mix of conifers and deciduous trees and stuff. It's really cool. But there's uh, there was a bunch of these pines. Uh, or no there were not pines they were blue spruces and they had like uh they're all in a row with like low hanging limbs and i remember looking into this thinking like if i ever needed shelter i could just mm-hmm. go here and be covered and and there were robins in there uh chickadees in there mm-hmm. cardinals and uh I, I think like maybe a starling or two I, I don't i can't remember but i remember seeing those first three for sure but they were all like Hanging out in a tight group, just low to the ground, hmm. underneath this pine tree, and I've—I uh, don't know how often that happens. Like I think, like there's there's still a lot of like house sparrows around here too. Yeah, like, but, yeah. When I pulled up today, you always see them in the bushes. That, yeah. I think that's where they go, man. I yeah. think when storms come, I think they find like thick bushes and stuff, and they mm-hmm. just go and they they get in big groups inside, like heavily, like as as thick cover as they can, and just kind of like a house and they just hunker down in there and wait it out that makes sense but the raptors i don't know where they go you know like i I don't i don't know where they sit but i also like right after the storm i was thinking of the same thing that you were as i was coming home from the gym yesterday is like after once things calm down for a minute everything gets active and then you just start seeing Mm -hmm. you know so like the general flow of nature is total feast and famine yes you know because you think, like, like what are your, like, when it's that cold outside, like, what are those animals feeling compared to us? <laughs> you know, like, I, I just would feel like yeah. that. Like, is a deer really cold right now? Or not even that, but, like, are they, how many animals are perishing as a result of how cold this is? Mm-hmm. And how does that impact behavior for the following year? Because it definitely calls creatures. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's it's definitely a of the fit thing. And then they come out of that, and they're starving, and they need to eat, and everything's super vulnerable. And that's when you start seeing tons of raptors around, and coyotes are freaking yeah. cruising around. and Wow.
1: Wow. A few other random observations as well, but the turkeys I sent you the yeah. photo of this morning in my front yard. I'm like, dude, there's six turkeys just strutting through, yeah, the, they don't through care. the
0: front yard. Like, they own the place, yeah.
1: dude. Uh, And then uh, you mentioned something... Oh, yeah. So I was walking into work the other day and there's two trees on the corner of like our parking lot. And that's really it. And then the neighborhood, there's like a few buildings and in the neighborhood behind. There's a tree line, right. but not too close. So I'm walking into work and I was like, I just had this feeling. I'm like, I got to turn around right now and because it felt like there was something happening. So I turned around and I look up. And this red tail was flying uh, pretty low over me because as this was happening, uh, more backstory. So I heard these blue jays, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. I haven't heard the blue jays in a while. Right. And before that, I heard some other songbirds. And then all of a sudden, it went quiet. And I believe that's why I ended up turning around, and the red tail flew right by. And I was like, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, no doubt. That's why everything went quiet all of a sudden. It, it was cool to to experience that though yeah
0: yeah Yeah, they're i think everything that's that's like i've 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 kind of seen that flow of nature now occur after this and that's what i think it is like you know the hardiest creatures are gonna have to like are gonna be the ones that prevail after a really harsh environmental event like that and then they come out and everything's vulnerable at the same time so you know because everything's got to eat like, there, were, there was a pretty substantial buck when Janice and I got home last night, like, eating grass off of the neighbor's front lawn, like, like five feet <laughs> off the street, man. You know, and they're, like, yeah, and... the other weird thing, like, to, like driving down the highway, I took uh, Charlotte to uh, All-County, uh, like, her All-County band audition, like, middle school All-County band audition yesterday, and it was out in Orchard Park. And driving down 219 on my way out there, like there's like four different, you know, small herds of deer bedded down in like depressions next to the highway, basically, yeah. like, like full bedded down where there was like a handful of trees maybe close to it. Like you know how the if block. you go, like you know how if you go through. Like you get on an off ramp and there's somewhere in the middle of the loop. There's like maybe a few trees. There Mm -hmm. were like deer bedded down there in the middle of the highway.
1: I see that. Yeah. I've seen that on the one exit when I come home. Yeah. Yeah. It's I I don't know. Yeah. Interesting behavior. So I think another aspect of it is, you know, like, we're always talking about it and we enjoy and we're, we're out in nature far more often and we're more alert and sensitive to, like, the wind and because we're always paying attention to it. Uh, with them, imagine how much more heightened that is because just that, lit, like, whatever that little dip is in the bank, they're going to be able to use it. Yeah. And it's going to provide, like, what they... It's just, uh, yeah, the way that they can adapt and, you know, figure out those little things is pretty, pretty interesting yeah, to man. see. Yeah. So. I, i
0: just, I, I, it still baffles my mind though. Like I think about this, it's not, there's no way that I could ever really um, test it uh, at least now at this point in my life. But like, if you spent all of your time outside, like you did not have the, uh, let me, let me phrase it a little bit differently. If you, you couldn't, uh exploit the benefit of climate control, right? Like you can always like we've been able yeah, to that's make fires. We've been yeah. able to make fires for a while. So yeah. we've been able to to uh to keep ourselves warm, you know, at night or whatever. You yeah. can't always make fires. Right? Yeah. I mean yeah. it wasn't like it was a constant thing. Yeah. So until you know relatively recently as far as our species has been around. Yeah. So if you're out constantly exposed to the elements, where like how high is our threshold to, for cold, mm. you know, like I, I but, cause you, you just see some animals. I mean, sure. Like you have deer that are, uh, they have, you know, they have hair and their hair is hollow. So it, it's tightly, you know, it's, it's tightly packed on their bodies so they can stay fairly warm. Like a sea otter, for example, can hang out and, you know, below freezing ocean temperatures, uh, because it's salt water so it's it's colder Mm -hmm. they can just float around in that and it like it doesn't it it just doesn't even bother them it doesn't phase them but are they feeling like some level of cold like we feel and uh they've just kind of they're used to it and they bury it down like it's
1: just hard to imagine man it's just it is what it is for them like you know that's their that's that's their environment Uh, But for sure with the deer, they've got to have a sense of like, or else, you know, they wouldn't be hunkering down for that to find that. Uh,
0: Yeah, I think they get to the point where they can, uh, they can completely shut themselves. Like they can get, not they can almost like hibernate, like they can get borderline comatose, like lower their heart rate to the point where it's enough to just keep their internal organs good. And, uh, basically barely keep them alive and live off fat for a little bit, like basically temporarily hibernate and Mm -hmm. then they can pull out of it. Yeah. I
1: think like the deer can do that.
0: I don't know about birds though. You know, I I don't know. Yeah, that is.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure. But so what else has been keeping your mind Saying we'll we'll bounce back a little bit more to the original yeah. topic here, because um, I do have some other things as well. But yeah, I dude. I'll I mean, the, we'll the
0: workouts about. have been, you know, like I've just been hitting it real yeah. hard. It, it's uh,
1: three days on,
0: one day off, and you know, couple hours sessions. What I've doing, what I've been doing a lot lately is uh, just way more cardio, um, just because it's. I've noticed uh, I just you take for granted how much, how many calories you burn when you're on your feet all the time. I, th- I like guiding. I've, I've never talked about that before. So I've just made sure this year compared to all previous years, I'm doing far more cardio, like close mm-hmm. to a half an hour every at the beginning of every single workout. And that, that, that comes to the detriment of hypertrophy and power for sure. But uh, those two things are just less important to me now. Like I can still move what I need to move. And I, you know, I still got the musculature that I need. I'm I'm becoming more and more con- uh, concerned about cardiovascular health and just being able to stay on my feet and keep the engine running, you know, um, without injury. Cause it, like, I've just found that now if I lift the way that I used to and spend too much time, like, you know, my shoulders will be jacked up for a couple of days. I you know, I don't, yeah. I don't need any of that anymore. Um, but I've, I've been hitting that hard, lots of sauna time, um reading and writing uh been reading a lot listening to a lot of podcasts you know and i'm happy dude like i'm not there are moments where i'm i'm getting i'll get like mildly stir crazy but if you can keep yourself engaged yeah. you know and I, you know i'll get plenty of sleep too like eight to nine hours a night so. yeah
1: i can echo pretty much everything you're saying there uh I have been working, and I've been picking up a, a, a few more hours and shifts here or there because, you know, may as, may as well. Right. Uh, and, you know, still, like, focusing on, on getting out and just even do you know, like, the walk, two walks around the block, regardless, every day to get out into the elements, force it, like, just go do it. Uh, get, you know, preferably during the day so you can get some, like, daylight you know regardless if the sun's out or not uh so that has been something i'm you know i focus on as well like when we're in this in this time frame because like in the summer like you don't take it for granted you're outside and you're like oh this is it but like in the winter time we do tend to hibernate and there's not anything wrong with that like it is you know an option but i at least do like to force myself because you know realistically right now like no i don't I don't have the desire to go suffer through, like, a a rainy, cold, wet hike right now. Just not not something I really want to do at the moment. So, uh, you know, just getting outside, focusing on that, and then since I'm inside, you know, trying to use that time productively, playing guitar, uh, getting back into the rhythm of playing guitar, uh, and focusing on the writing and the reading and podcasts. And as we talked about on the uh, last podcast, planning vacations and just in general planning ahead and just getting, you know, a broader vision of what's going to be going on for the year and where I'd like to go, where I want to be. So it, it, well, and also some, something important to uh, mention, which I failed to bring up. Uh, The fishing show is coming up in February. Yeah, it's getting close. Yeah, uh, less than a month away. So I will be doing seminars, and I will be on the hog trough at some point demonstrating some of the lures. I'll have the booth uh, stop by. But with that, I've been preparing, making a lot more lures, and doing all that, getting the inventory, and figuring out prices and all of that. Uh, So planning for that as well and you know thankfully this you know at this time frame I do have you know because you know with the weather it it allows you more free time inside so you can work on these projects so you know it's it's, you know a a good fit there and everything so at the booth uh, as well this year Mark Tolner Art is uh, his Instagram he's an artist local artist who does uh, oil on canvas and they're pretty hyper realistic fish. I feel like I've heard this. Yeah, uh, fish prints and paintings, and they put them. Oops, and they put them on hoodies and t-shirts, and other and you know canvas and stuff. So at the show, uh, they will be there and they are going to have some hoodies, I believe, and shirts on display, and you can order through them at the show and they'll be at the booth with me helping out. So something else cool this year that we're doing something to, to look forward to. And yeah, just prepping for the, prepping for the show. That's been, been on my mind a lot lately and a, a, a good focus and looking, looking for the, you know, I'll head to the, the website and, you know, the bigger picture and everything with it. With it as well. Yep. Yeah, that's him that you got pulled up right there. Yeah. Nice. Dude fishes. Yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. I like the smallmouth steel hood, of course. <laughs> yeah, got some cool color combos too, for sure. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to take a look at what's going on there. That's, that's super yeah. sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it's got like a, a Stockton esque kind of yep. vibe to it, but not quite. Got his own, yeah. It's the sticker, cool.
0: the stickers would be great too if it, yeah. if he sells those. But yeah,
1: off the page around here, good, really yeah.
0: cool find. How'd yeah. that relationship come about again? Um, like how'd you, how'd you Oh yeah, that? so
1: uh, followed on Instagram. Uh, Tyler, uh, yeah, Tyler uh, came in and uh, we were talking at work. He had a Sims jacket on and. I was like, Oh, you fish. And we started that whole conversation, gave my business card and yeah, it just kind of started from there and we messaged on Instagram a bit. And then I don't remember who approached who about it, but we came up with this idea and we were like, yeah, you know, I, it, it seems seamless. Like I, I love art and I I want to sell, I enjoy selling the clothing as well. And this is like a great combo. And I see the orange, and you know that's my yeah, jam. So, that's your uh, looks like he's spent time down in in South Florida. Yeah, the peacocks and everything. Yeah, well, this yeah, guy, all the, uh, the
0: real hooker is like a uh, he's a pretty. Bad, I mean, I don't know. It's been years since I've been engaged in, on Instagram, but back when I was a long time ago, he was uh, like a well known dude who fished from the banks down there for peacocks all the time and got a big following going. But. Mm. Anyway, cool.
1: Very cool. Yeah. So uh, February fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth, the Niagara Falls Fishing Expo, JDO Lure will be there with Mark Tolner Art as well. So lots Sweet. to look forward to on that front as well. So been a lot of preparation involved.
0: Nice. Yeah. And the the preparation front, like you mentioned, I mean, I've, I've booked all of the travel for this year, but I'm a uh, the Guyana trip is what got me uh, really thinking. And um, as, I, as I was starting to put together my – because I've, you know, I've been there three times now, so I kind of have a, a system of what I think we need and what, I, I, what, I, what I'm going to need and what I'm not going to need. and I kind of add and eliminate and tweak my packing list every year, so I, I had to dust that off and uh, start assembling stuff. And uh, and I, I as I was doing that, I started. Uh, I, well, I thought to myself, like, look, I blogged about all my trips there, but I've never explained to people how I pack for them. Um, and that's what I wanted to spend a little time getting deep on today: is uh, packing for fishing trips, or especially adventure ones. And it, it'll be no shock that uh, that's these are where these themes of simplicity and stuff start to weave them. You know that that they always pop up in our yeah. conversations because uh, you know it's it becomes super important when it comes to planning for adventure type of trips. But I think like when I the way that I'm I'm, I'm going to try to break this down is uh, is relevant not just to adventure trips. It's it's really relevant to even kidding your, your, yourself out, like on a day-to-day basis, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but there's one thing that people never really, not too many people think about, but I think is super important is, uh, to do some re like when you do some research about like, okay, so I'll, I'll just ask you this, man. If you're, if I said, dude, like you're, you mentioned before you were thinking about doing a trip out west, or mm-hmm. let's just say that you were going to do, you are going to go to uh, Arizona, and at some point you were going to fish, Uh, you know, you wanted, at some point you wanted mm-hmm. to be able to fish, you know, the, uh, the Colorado River for, for trout mm-hmm. while you're there. Okay. um, What would be the first thing? that you would do or
1: what's the first thing that you would do? Like get this well, idea popped yeah. into your
0: head, what would be the first thing that you would do?
1: Google, uh, you know, trout, trout, fish in Colorado river, you know, etc., cetera. Uh, and start digging down the rabbit hole of is looking at different articles and reading different things and finding areas, looking at areas, looking at maps, finding, you know, where i'm going to be in relationship to it yeah kind of breaking it down from there yeah yeah
0: so but you know in the in in the simplest way that your first inclination is to uh to try to research what's available from a fishing perspective like what can you actually pull off maybe by yourself what what, what you might need to go yeah would you need a guide etc etc but you're 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 going straight for the fishing which is what everybody would do and and That's, that's, that's the more, that's the obvious thing. And like, and not knocking it, that's what your instinct should be. Um, What people, a lot of times people forget about, and this has become super important when you, uh, when you're going to like a completely different place, like outside of the United States, like very, very few people actually think about researching like the local culture. Um, You know, like what are the vibes of that place? Like where, where's a good place to hang out? Mm -hmm. What's some, Regional customs and courtesies. What can you might expect from a food front? Uh, but in particular, when you you go into other countries, uh, I think it's equally important to research the culture as it is to research the fishing. Because it's going to help, like, influence how you behave around people. Yeah, could, for sure. It'll help you develop relationships or or sour relationships. Yeah, you got to have know? more
1: awareness going into it. Um, I just think it's
0: uh, – I've been on some trips where you have, like, you know, the cliche ugly American that just immediately makes it known that, like, okay, fuck, dude. I mean, yeah, our – You can tell that we're American from our accent, but it shouldn't be coming. Like we may have you may have some preconceived notions about it, but at least you're giving us a chance. And then somebody just just dumps all the cliche right out there on the table. And it's like, okay, now we don't have a chance. Like now we're we're digging our way out and trying to repair relationships at the very beginning of a trip. Um, So I think it's uh, that's one thing that's that's super worth uh, getting to figure out right um so that's that's one thing that i've uh i'd encourage everybody else to do and then okay so now you you've you've thought you've done some research online you figured out we're not going to talk about necessarily how to get to these locations because that could vary widely but uh what's the next thing that you'd be thinking about uh, so you you've identified a place to fish you've booked uh a guide service and then you figured out a place couple places to fish on your own what's the next thing you're thinking about
1: where am i gonna stay yeah gotta figure out lodging um food situation as well you know well, let's let's, with let's that stop with lodging event. first all right, all right. so
0: what are your what are your options for lodging
1: so just be broad yeah, about it yeah like, as far yeah. as
0: like not specific hotels or anything but what? Are yeah the, the yeah
1: different modes? so yeah get in a hotel uh camping is something that we're looking into more for this, for the trip that we have planned because you know, wh- why the hell not, you know, it's uh, and price wise and everything like well most of the time you can get a campsite for free. So yep. you're, you're setting up shop for free, which is awesome. So you're saving, saving there and it's adding to the experience as well. If you you know enjoying camping and, uh, but as well, you know, like that, that is sustainable for like a time, but not for like long, long stretches, obviously. So well, let's yeah, just no. assume
0: that let's take the perspective of you're going on an adventure. And so you don't really okay. care. And that, let's yeah, just, yeah. let's just assume you'll camp every day. Right. Okay, so we'll, sure. like, so putting aside the, let's just simplify the camp thing yeah. and say that um you're gonna have an uber primitive camp you got a tent Mm -hmm. you got a sleeping bag you got uh a air mattress or like a bed like a a a pad to sleep on a sleeping pad you have like a small propane fired thing that you could heat water in and cook Mm -hmm. off of Mm -hmm. a handful of uh pieces of cutlery and some plates and water bottles and a fuel source. That's your, that's your camp. Okay. That's it. So your camp's done. You've, that, that's your gear list for your camp. That's that's what it's going to look like. That's how primitive it's going to be. You're going to kill or capture everything uh, that you're going to eat. So there's your camp aside. What's the next thing you're thinking about? I'm just Creating the boundaries well, the, yeah. of what, what the what, what a adventure trip is gonna be. Yeah. And then I'll go even further. But just what's okay, the next so, thing that you think
1: Well about? you have the the reason to go. You have where you're gonna stay. Right. Set. Food was the next thing that came to mind. There you go. As so I food. Yeah. No so let's
0: let's go with food now. This is yeah. perfect. Dude, you're actually following an interesting <laughs> path that uh, this is all the order in which you think about this is very important, and you're actually taking a – an interesting tack on the order. So, um, an interesting track on the order. So how you're going to eat. Okay. So what we just, I just said, look, it's, it's primitive. So you're going to kill or capture all your food. So you got,
1: so take it from there, you know? Yeah. Um, well, just in general, you like, you've. there has to be some forethought into how you're planning to, Go about eating throughout your adventure as well, well no doing... I, I mean
0: even simpler bro oh
1: okay if you're gonna kill or capture all your food,
0: I guess my first question for you is how are you going to kill or capture all of your food oh
1: gotcha yeah all right. um oh we're on we're we're focused on fishing so we're gonna we're gonna right. catch fish um and Either you know, bake it on a rock if if need be, or if I had the if I have a frying pan at camp. Yeah, you do. You got a frying pan pan at camp. So let's let's start with the first. Let's start with your first uh, action. You're gonna catch fish. How are we gonna catch fish? How are we gonna catch fish? Well, we we got a fly rod with us, of course, because we're we're on this trip, (laughs) right? Yeah, you can bring whatever gear you want, man. So we got the fly rod with us. So we're gonna go catch a few trout, and we're gonna. We're going to gut them right on, right on site. We're going to take them back to camp and, yeah. and eat them. And well, you yeah. know, So, right. you so of- th- that's,
0: you're, you're taking it all the different routes that I, that I want to go, but you're, so you're, you, I'm taking your big blue arrow and I'm, ne- I'm going to neck it down to even more tactical level stuff. Right. So you said you're going to catch fish with a fly rod. And I'm going to say how specifically how, are you going to be able to catch that fish? And what I mean by that is is—is like legitimate the question, what, what, what kind of fish is it? What are you going to present to that fish? How do you know that you're going to have the right thing to present mm-hmm. to that fish? Um, and then from that fish all the way back to what you're carrying in the rod, you have to consider that like yeah. entire system there, right? But like, you can't just go out yeah. and buy – a fly rod, a five weight mm-hmm. fly rod with line on it. And uh, yeah. and then a, maybe a leader, if you know that, but to put a leader on it and then some tippet, uh, a tippet and then flies, what flies, what are they eating that time of year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when I, we're, that's where I want to kind of go with, with the tactical level is the big blue arrow questions are always super obvious to people, right? Like, and, and that's not a knock. It's like, this is where our mind goes. Right. But the, what you're going to actually build to go on this trip is going to take a lot of like tactical minutiae, like, and that's where you're going to spend a lot of time thinking. Right. And it's pretty easy to think about like, so at the very beginning, I want to go here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, first thing I'm going to research is guides that can help me get along that path. Then I'm going to research a little bit about the culture. Where am I going to stay? Where am I going to sleep? Okay, I can picture all the comfort items, everything around me that I need in, in a small kit that I can go and do that. But then when it actually comes to pursuing your quarry, that's a whole different thing. Like yeah. you got to first, in my opinion, you got to start with the animal and you got to work your way all the way back to what you're holding in your head.
1: Yeah, right. that makes sense.
0: I think that's uh, – you know, so the way that I, I, I broke it down in this blog, and I think it, the, the way that it's, it's worth uh, talking about um, anytime you go on a trip like that is after you got the logistical stuff considered, um, like basically sustenance and day-to-day battle rhythm. Oh, wait, one other thing about the, the sustenance and day-to-day battle rhythm. Who are you going on the trip with? Who My you... buddy Ed. Yeah, okay, so let's say it's you and, you yeah. and Ed. All right. Now th- th- I'm not trying to put you on the spot for anything like we could totally yeah. be
1: hypothetical about. Yeah, this. okay. Guess. Gotcha. Let's
0: just let, let's let's be let's be hypothetical okay, about gotcha. it. And say that uh if No, use your buddy at It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, if it yeah. if it gets weird, it gets weird. If uh so <laughs> the first thing that you should know about uh doing a long-term trip like this is that um you are going to be spending far more time in a row like far more consecutive hours in a row with that person than you've ever spent with that yeah. person you know and uh because you know a lot of a lot of people say i'd love to go on a trip like by myself right but i can tell you um you're just like that's cool for like a couple of days but i mean i just think humans are inherently social so unless you're some sort of crazy sociopath like you're going to want to interact with humans at some yeah. point. And honestly, dude, like if you're, uh, if you go on like adventure type of travel situations, like where that, like you're talking about like a week plus trip, um, you want to be with people that you can have a good time with and enjoy your time spent with them. You know, like it's just not as cool when you're by yourself, it's not as enjoyable. And people, I could hear some people say, Yeah, it'd be enjoyable for me. Like, have you ever done it? Because <laughs> I, I can tell you right now, unless you've never done it, unless you've done it before, and you can claim that, like, you cannot assert that with confidence, that you would be cool doing something on your own for seven days in a row. There's a reason why solitary confinement is torture. You know, like, it, it, it messes with people's minds, man. Like, we're just not a creature built to do that. Some people might have higher thresholds than others, but the bottom line is seven days plus on your own, nah. You're not going to be having a good time. I can, I can promise you that much. You could get through it, but you're not going to be having a good time. So you got to ask yourself, like, okay, I would love to do this with somebody else. Who would that be? And then when you're thinking about that, think about, well, is this person really the right person? Because if you're going to – like, you can't escape that person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like – you know, that's like seven-plus days and uh, all of the little – like, uh, quirks that you might know about that, that individual that you could just avoid by leaving in times past, or if things get annoying, you can kind of change the subject or just depart. You, you can't do that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're, uh, you're locked in with that person, yeah, yeah. you know, like you're, you know, you have to operate as a team. And, uh, if there's chinks in that situation, man, it's it like, that's going to create problems for you. You know, I can, t- I could just tell you from personal experience. Yeah both adventure trips and combat you know like you you if you're not cool with all the people around you if you don't fucking be direct and transparent and like clear the air and make sure that you got a good vibe going back and forth and you got to choose the right people to be able to do that man and like you both should have like an honest conversation with each other prior to the trip yeah like are you we sure you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah there's that but then Yes. Like, I, that's another thing that I think j- that, that very few people think about. Uh. Like, I, I think if you're, you're, you're like, oh dude, I'm going to like some like think about this, man. Like, uh, if you were going to go on a trip by yourself, uh, to let's say like to South America, right. You know how there's all these guide services where you could, um, like buy a trip and then you get like thrown into a lodge where there's, mm-hmm. there might be like 12 people or whatever, mm-hmm. and everybody's got their own guides. But you could go – you could show up to one of those things by yourself. And let's say that everybody else there is a douchebag. I mean, seriously, which is possible. Let's say it's a – 12 is robust. Maybe, like, you know, that would be a lot of douchebags. Let's just say a group of, like, six to eight. That's entirely possible. Let's say that, like, six of those people – um or came together and then two individuals came and you just got paired with another, another person. What if you don't enjoy their company? Like you could be in the coolest place on the planet catching like dream fish and (laughs) that individual or group of individuals will soil your memory of that occasion. I can promise you that. So just something to think about. Right. Um, All right. So that's the people now, now the fish. This is, uh, it's the most, it's the easiest thing to, to like, to get into because most people that are listening to podcasts and thinking about going on adventure trips are, um, you know, that's what they think about. Like, they're not thinking about these other things that I'm talking about. They're thinking about the fish. But when I'm telling you, when you have to like stay lean, cause like take it, what's your best estimate of the biggest, uh, limiting factors. To travel like to adventure travel like what's your biggest limitation well money money, money yeah put money aside, aside. Okay. let's say money is not uh, I, I, we can't say money's not an issue that's yeah. a fucking great point though yeah okay so money's one what's, what's be the first thing that yeah. comes to
1: mind um well time allotted time how much time do I got involved Good. how much time can I do I have to uh, do these activities right so so let's
0: just assume now because those those are the, the two most important things and the way that you resolve those two of those things is uh, the only way to resolve them is just straight up making it a priority,
1: yeah.
0: right? Like you just have to say, this is what I'm going to do. It's going to be done by this day. And I'm going to alter my life to ensure that I can accomplish this trip. That's the only way that, that you can resolve those two things. I'll get us another lozenge, but yeah. the, uh, so put those two things aside. We've accomplished those. Yep. So now we're good. We got the time. We got the money. What's the next biggest limitation? Think a little more tactical, like n- not, not big picture like that.
1: Well, what do you have at your disposal? What are your tools? What, like, what do you have with you that you can u- use to, to accomplish? No, by,
0: by limitation, I mean like something that, that you have to
1: constrain yourself to. Oh
0: um, uh,
1: Yeah, well, space. There you go. It's literal space. That's, that's where I yeah. was
0: going. That's where I, that's where I wanted you to get to. Yeah. Space. It, space is like when it comes to travel space after you've carved out the time after you've made sure the resources are in place when you're actually engaged in the trip space is your biggest problem mm-hmm. like because you can't bring everything that you got like all the uh, when you live in a house or an apartment or whatever all the gear that you have the options that you might have at your disposal. You like really need to. Th- that's that's why I'm encouraging like this super detailed tactical yeah. look at. You need to be very considerate about your gear choices.
1: Yeah, because you,
0: you like for, for really, dude. Like, if you're gonna travel anywhere for fishing purposes, if you're gonna tra- and I mean as often as possible, if you're gonna travel anywhere by plane, right? you don't want to check bags, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, if you're, you're if asking you're, for trouble, if yeah. you're going to South America, for example, or, or Europe or whatever, and you have to check bags and you like, unless it's a direct flight. And even if it is a direct flight, like do you want to show up at your destination and have to wait on, you know, like, and then your gear didn't get loaded on the plane. And then the following day, like yeah, that'll spoil the experience. Yeah. It yeah. screws everything up. So like as often as po- it's, I'll, I'll just put it like this it's super, super, super risky to check bags, yeah. you know, like that's why I, I rarely if ever do it uh, when I, when I go south. But if you're, if you're, even if you're driving around in a truck, like that's why road trips are super cool. Cause at least you have, you know, way more capacity. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can create more options. However, if you're camping, that's like your camp kit and your gear kit is going to take up a substantial amount of space. Yeah. Whereas the benefit of hanging with a guide and staying with a guide, you know, that gear is there waiting for you. You don't have to fly for with sure. it. Like they're providing yeah. it. But uh, yeah, space. So, you know, my main point on space is because you you should aim to carry on, which is basically like if you're, let's say we're going on a fishing trip, um, you got to be able to carry rods and which means it has to fit into an overhead bin, which means you're not carrying around seven foot rod tubes, you got to buy travel rods. Like you got like that. You got to think through that shit, man. Cause you can't carry a seven foot rod yeah. in a plane. It's gotta yeah. be checked, you know? And then I can tell you right now, if you can't check rods into the normal check in place at most airports, like, cause if you, if you bring like a full out rod tube with you, you'll have to take it to like bulk cargo or something like that to a, mm-hmm. like it won't always be that in a different area but it's going to have different baggage handlers and there's a high risk of that getting lost, Mm -hmm. you know, but so you all for the goal of like, look, you need to carry it on your back and you need a, something that you can put in the overhead bin and that's it. Like you really need to think super tactical of from the fish forward, you know, like you got to learn and try to understand where that fish is going to be. Uh, like what, what the different patterns of life are, how deep is it going to be? Cause you think of like where it sits in a strike zone, how deep is the fishery? That's where like, how much line do I need to bring? How much weight do I need to bring? What kind of baits do, do I need to, to bring? What depths do they need to be able to dive? Does everything fit off fish off the surface? How do I get to the bottom feeders? Um, you know, and then how big do those fish get what are their what what are their mouths like you know like if i if i think about south america like uh if i'm fishing for uh piranha bicuda uh arowana they all have super bony mouths so how am i how am i getting into that bone you know like what size hooks do i need you know is what if i buy an x like a four inch x-wrap out the box um, an XR 15, like a four inch XR 15. Uh, if I take that thing out of the box, are those treble hooks going to be able to puncture anything that I'm fishing for? Do I really want treble hooks? Uh, if I'm in the jungle Yeah, and those can get caught in hands and net and mm-hmm. you know, like, is that the wise decision? You know? Um, like that's like people, all of those things that you never think about, I'm, I'm encouraging, like, if you're going to do an ex if you're going to do an adventure and you're going to get off the grid and you're going to do like a, a hardcore fishing trip, which I've done lots of those um, you that's the approach that I encourage you to take. Like even and the other thing, the other reason why I, I'm saying to think fish forward is because you think fish forward, what's the size of the fish? Um, you know, the average size of them, because that's going to dictate what your hardware, your terminal tackle, The pound test of your line what kind of line you're going to use you know and then if you work your way back well it'll it'll determine your hook size it'll determine the size bait which here's my simple rule of thumb on baits though and you've heard me say this a thousand times baits are like the, the if as long as it's four inches or less and it can get into like, and, and you have the different parts of the strike zone covered. If it's four or less inches and it has inline circle hooks on it, and it's black over white or fire tiger, that's it. Like, I'll repeat that. You, baits to fish the top, baits to fish the middle, baits to fish the bottom, black over white, less than four inches, or black over white, fire tiger, less than four inches with circle hooks, two odds or three odds. Great, you're done. Put your baits aside. No, but if you work your way back, that's where we're like, okay, what leader material do I need? Yeah. My fish and toothy stuff? Do I need wire? And now, if you've never dealt with wire before, now I got to learn a whole series of new knots. Or is there different hardware? How are that you going to cut it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all yeah that, exactly. Yeah, sure. I was going to take, take Then how are you going to cut it?
1: Yeah. What kind of
0: pliers do you need? Like all of those things, dude. Coming back to the, that, that's why if you get all that stuff worked out, then the most expensive things, which is the rod and the reel, you can make an informed decision about what to buy. You know, like if you're gonna be casting four inch or or let's say you're casting two and a half inch uh baits all day, like all the different X-Rap series stuff, or whatever baits, uh hard baits, you know, you want two weeks, ten or ten days in a row of casting? Do you really want a heavy action broomstick to cast all day? You know? Uh, no, you probably want a medium, medium light, something yeah. that you could just bomb ridiculously long casts out there with, with accuracy. Uh, bait casters or spin, uh, spinning reels, it doesn't matter, but okay, so you got a medium light, you know, but you, now, let's say you fish a deeper hole and you have to hang like a one ounce or two ounce weight, you're not using a light action rod for that, you know, like, so now you need something. you start thinking about all of those things yeah. and then, say to yourself and then remember that I got to carry it in one hand and on my back. And you just have to peel your way back and and start realizing that I I can get and do a robust trip in Guyana down to Guyana packed exactly that way. You know? Um, And what I, what I do personally is, and this is, this is how I constrain myself and I'll show you this when you and I are done. Well, you've, you've seen it, but, Um, I got the rod case from Sims that fits in the the check-in. I I jam that full of rods. I jam that full of reels. And then I jam it full of uh, leader material. And then I buy a sling that I can fit two of those small Plano tackle sleeves in. And uh, those two Plano tackle sleeves, I just jam full of uh, cut bait gear. So weights and hooks and uh, sliders and then I got another box with lures that I'm casting and then in the rest of what's inside that sling are tools and space enough for those two things the the two sleeves tools liter material bottled water zipped shut and then I have my backpack so I put that sling inside my backpack and then I jam the rest of it full of clothes and sleeping gear and I'm done You know, but it's, it all, it all fits in those compartments and you can, and then the rods that I'm bringing specifically is, uh, two like super heavy, like for arapaima and and giant catfish, uh, rods for those plus, uh, bait casters to go with them just for pickup speed, you know, and just power, uh, like with power handles and stuff on them too. Then I have a heavy action uh, spinning rod for fishing vertically, like bottom bouncing in some deeper holes for like wolf fish and stuff. I have, uh, and then my casting rods all day is I have a medium action bait caster and a medium light action spinning reel uh, and rod to to go with them. So basically five rods, and I have reels to go with all those rods and all of that. They're all travel rods. They all fit in that Sims case and. That's uh, that's it. four pairs of clothes, some hygiene gear, and uh, I'm ready to rock. Yeah, but you, you gotta, but the, the reason why I'm able to stay that lean and I've never run out of anything. The only thing I've run, run out of down there is nicotine. I've never run out of, of tackle. I've never, <laughs> I haven't run out of booze. Haven't run out of, uh, uh, I've run out of booze. I've run out of nicotine, but from a tackle side, I've never run out. We've never gone like, oh, damn, I wish I had this. The only thing that I – only times I was saying that was the first trip when we were using treble hooks, and I was like, man, I wish we just had uh, like inline circle hooks. I wish I would have tried that. And then I started using it, and Mm -hmm. it worked. But, yeah, that's it, man. Fish forward.
1: Fish forward. I like it. That was a great breakdown of that whole thing. Yeah, man. Well,
0: it's – I'm I'm a huge fan of of uh, you know encouraging people to to go on on travel, but what makes for a successful trip is the planning part of it. And honestly, like the planning can be a lot of fun, but also like don't forget like the biggest part that's going to make you because no matter what, dude, like this is a common uh, saying in, in the the service that uh, like no good plan or no plan survives first contact with the enemy. Like as soon as you, you know, you go into execution, you just, you're, you got to adapt to friction and chaos. And especially when you're in nature, you're going to be exposed to chaos. You know, you're going to encounter friction. So even though you've, you know, planned your ass off and you like, you're going to encounter things that you didn't anticipate and you have to be you know robust, you know resilient enough, both mentally and physically, to be able to adapt to that situation and overcome and not get put down by it and actually make it like a a character building type of situation and embrace it accordingly you know if you crumple under the pressure of that you know and that was that's like the kind of the way that I, I've tried to wrap it all up or wrap the thoughts about it up is that when you're on a fishing trip. Very few people can imagine uh, fishing for over a week straight every day. Mm-hmm. And in your day-to-day life, unless you're a guide or a professional athlete or something like that where your whole life is – or in the military where your whole life is on like on your feet, on the go, doing something. Um, or constru- I guess construction and stuff like that. There, there's, there's some parallels, but not mm-hmm. many. If you're not in shape like those those hard situations that you're going to encounter those friction situations that you're going to encounter the chaos mother nature throws at you if you're not in shape mentally and physically man you're you're never going to want to travel again after you get home if you make it home you know so so yeah to wrap that up like that's another common theme you know you hear about simplicity but simplicity isn't for the sake of simplicity it's simplicity with a rigorous amount of thought yeah you know it's uh the same thing with like, yeah, you can no think stone about it, but yeah, yeah, you got to, you got uh, to be in shape, man. And you got to thought through it. You know, you try to imagine all the scenarios and think through it and just keep your mind and body right. And when you go, when you go out you go on a trip like that, like nothing really phases you, you can just kind of be one with the situation and go with the flow and, and all is good. So. Nice. Good stuff.
1: All right, man. All right, yeah. We'll wrap it
0: up. Good week. We'll, See you guys. Uh, we'll um, definitely get it. We'll do another pod before. Uh, I hope hope to get out at some point in the next couple yeah. of weeks or so. But uh, before we before the show and before I take off to to South America, yeah, we'll, we'll do another. For sure. One, so,
1: all right. We'll catch you guys. See you.